This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Twenty-three. Just so you know, and I wasn't going to spend the whole teaching on this, but I want to start out before we get into the teaching, because uh, I like to give you a little bit of a recap. Uh, the first Sunday of January, twenty-twenty-three was by far the strongest year of church life. Come on, amen. <laughs> by far the strongest year of church life. The great thing is, as I said that this time last year, we said that about twenty-twenty-two, and so once again, just glory to glory. It's amazing to see what God's doing. Church attendance at Church Alive in twenty twenty-three was up thirty-two percent. That's awesome. I mean, that's strong. And it was up the year before that. We were able to do more outreach than we've ever done before. Give like we've never given before. How awesome is that? Amen. And I'm happy to say that this next year's budget, we're going to give more than we've ever given before. In case you didn't know this, we believe in the tithe at Church Alive. That doesn't just mean coming into Church Alive. That means that we tithe out of Church Alive. So for every 10 that comes in, at least one is going out. And normally it's well over 10%. Normally it's between 15 and 20% of what comes in goes out to other ministries like what we're doing in Cuba and other places. So it's been a good year at Church Alive. And you know what? 2024 is going to be even better. Come on, somebody. Who's excited about 2024? Anybody? Good deal. Are we ready to get into the Word today? All right. Well, good deal. Good deal. I'm going to start our new series next week. Um, This week, I just wanted to get back and just do a standalone teaching, and I think this is really going to be a good one to kick the year off with. Y'all, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 14, so if you want to go ahead and flip there, uh, you can. But today, uh, I'm doing what I call one of my renewed mind teachings. Now, some of y'all have seen this graphic, and you think, yeah, I've seen this before. Uh, The renewed mind is like an ongoing, never-ending series that Pastor Gene does. Today, our kind of subheading is the reaction to courage. And so we're going to talk about courage today. Proverbs 28 says that the righteous are bold like lions. They're bold like lions. It says the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. That's Proverbs 28.1. The righteous are not wimpy. The righteous are not skittish. The righteous are what? Bold. The righteous are courageous. Those two words are synonymous with each other. Courage is something that we all need to be walking in. Come on, somebody. Like, we need to be walking in courage. We shouldn't be walking in fear. It's the right opposite of fear. And courage actually moves heaven, and it affects everything around us as well. It affects all of our life. And we're coming up on a new year, or we're in a new year, And 2024 needs to be a year that we are courageous like never before as a church and as individuals. In 2024, we need to understand who we are. We need to understand whose we are. In 2024, we need to understand every morning that we get out of bed that the same Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is operating in our life every day that we wake up. And so we should be walking in power, we should be walking in authority, we should be walking boldly and with tons of courage. Come on, somebody. Joshua 1.9, he declares this to the people. He says, be strong. Somebody be str- say, be strong. He says, and be courageous. Come on, say courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God, come on, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
He's with us wherever we go. So we have a reason to be courageous. Amen? And Joshua's courage changed everything for Israel. Because of his courage, I mean, it was a game changer for Israel. And I want you to know right now, people are watching believers to see how we respond to things that are going on in our unusual world that we're living in. And of course, back around 2020, things really got squirrely, and that was really a test for the church and for believers as a whole. But even as things are still not quite just right, they're wanting to see how believers are responding. Are we responding in fear? How do we re- react to what the media is saying? Last week when we were in Cuba, um, there's actually, and I put this post, or I put this link on our uh, church group page um, about some new things that are going down with the government in Cuba. And I want to tell you, those people, I mean, they should be concerned. But we were talking, there is more joy with the believers in that country. I mean, you would think that they would like paralyze them, the news that's just come about what the government's going to be doing and how the government's withholding from them. But there is just such joy. They're not walking in fear. They're walking in courage. They're walking boldly. Amen? And that's the way we need to be walking as well. But people are watching us, y'all. And our actions and our responses can bring out the same response in other people as well. People are changed whenever they see someone who's courageous. It, It actually affects them. Or whenever they see people stand up for what's right. Or whenever they see people full of faith. It changes people. Amen? So this morning, again, we're in 1 Samuel 14, and whenever you look at 1 Samuel 14, let me just set it up for you real quick. Saul's the king. As we know, Saul started out pretty well whenever the people just insisted that they wanted a king, the Lord said, okay. And so he gave him Saul, and Saul started out good. But over some time, he gets a little kind of out of whack, and the Lord ultimately rejects Saul, and David is going to be the next king of Israel. That was God's plan. One thing about Saul that I think is really cool is that he had an amazing son by the name of Jonathan. Now, it could be said that Jonathan would have expected to be the heir to the throne as Saul's son, but Jonathan saw the hand of God was on David. Now, that's got to be a good friend right there. Because if, if you were supposed to be the next king or queen, and somebody else was kind of named to be it, you might be like, whoa, 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 this is mine, right? This should be mine. But Jonathan understood the favor of God was on David. He understood the hand of God was on David. And Jonathan and David were were very close friends. But in chapter 14 of 1 Samuel, we see that the Philistines are battling the Israelites, and this was kind of an ongoing thing. And there's a time whenever Jonathan says to his armor bearer, hey, let's let's sneak off a little bit. Let's go check out the Philistine outpost." And so we're going to start in verse 3. They snuck off. Saul was not aware of it. It says in verse 3, No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozez and Sanaa. The cliff on the north was in front of Michmash, and the one on the south was in front of Geba. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us. Get this. For nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Now how many of y'all, whenever you face a battle in your life, 
you tend to step back and analyze all the details. How many people are involved? What's the situation? What could happen? Sometimes we just analyze all the details of our battle. But like Jonathan, we need to understand that nothing can hinder our God. Man's opinion doesn't matter. He has final say. If we think about this, whenever Jesus fed the multitude, he literally had this massive crowd of thousands of people, and he had basically a kid's meal to feed them with, right? Was Jesus scared about the crowd? No, No, not at all. I want you to know this. The Lord has never looked at your situation and thought to himself, whew, I'm going to have my hands full with this one. That's not in his vocabulary. Nothing can hinder our God. But whenever you think about Jesus feeding the multitude, uh, he wasn't upset, he wasn't concerned or intimidated by the numbers. And something I want you to understand today is God is never impressed, nor is he ever intimidated by the size of our problems. He's never concerned about the size of our problems. But again, we tend to often get all the intel on our problems And the more we think about it, the more we stare at our problem, the more it grows and the larger it gets. You've heard us say this from the pulpit before. We need to stare at the size of our God rather than staring at the size of our problem because he is indeed greater. Amen. He's greater. So we're talking about the renewed mind today. And and this term, the renewed mind, comes from Romans 12 too. It says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't think like the world. Don't act like the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. Amen? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Y'all, the renewed mind thinks differently. It, it comes from the realm of being the child of whose God is more than able. He's more than able whenever it comes to any problems that we face. And and it's important, y'all, in this process that we abide in Him. Whenever you look at the Greek and the Hebrew, whenever it comes to the word abide, it means to sit or to remain in. How many of you know we've got to remain in Him? We've got to just be right there and abide in Him to be able to know His heart to be able to know what his thoughts are for us, to be able to know what his promises are for our life, to really be changed, we've got to spend time with him. We gotta understand that he has an unlimited supply of whatever it is we need in our life. There is no lack whenever we are in him and we are in him, come on now. But we have to abide in him. Having a renewed mind isn't just positive thinking. Having a renewed mind isn't just wishing that things are going to be better. Having a renewed mind is actually a reality of what we live in. If we're walking with him. So getting back to 1 Samuel 14 and the story of Jonathan, in verse 6, Jonathan says, let's go across to the outpost of those pagans. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. That's a good man right there, isn't it? Verse 8, all right then, Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see us. If they, y'all, real quick, we got to stop right here. 
If you've ever been in the military and you've like seen battle plans, this was possibly the worst battle plan ever known to man. We're gonna talk about it in just a minute, okay? Just remember, it's two guys who were like sneaking up on an army, all right? All right, then Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see us. Once again, they're in a hole between two cliffs. Can we, do we remember that? If they say to us, stay where you are or we will kill you, then we will stop and not go up. What are we going to do then? (laughs) Verse 10, but if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That would be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. Once again, Jonathan's got his armor bearer who is not a trained warrior. Jonathan is, he's been trained. And so he tells this guy, listen, listen, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, First of all, we're down in a hole, right? And they've got the high ground. Normally what's better, being in a hole or the high ground? High ground, right? Now, normally whenever you're going to attack an army, would it be better to sneak up on them, surprise attack, or show yourself? Okay, so we're 0 for 2 at this point, right? (laughs) So we're, we're down in a hole, and we are going to show ourselves to them. That doesn't make a lick of sense, does it? But I think what's great is he says, if they say to us, stay where you are or we will kill you, then we'll stop. (laughs) And you can imagine the armor bearer saying, okay, then what? And Jonathan has no reply. That's the first possibility. So, so then the second option, and Jonathan is putting all his money on this option right here, every bit of it. He says, but if they say, come up and fight, then we will go up and that will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. Isn't that fantastic? Verse 11, when the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, thank the Lord. They shouted, come on up here. And we'll tell you something. So they invited him up, which according to Jonathan was the sign that the Lord was going to give them over to them, right? Come on, climb up right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. Let's get this. So they climbed up using both hands and feet and the Philistines fell before them. We gotta stop there just for a minute as well. If you're also going to attack an army, you probably shouldn't have to climb a cliff to be able to get to them using both hands and both feet. I mean, because if this was the cliff, you could think the Philistines would be like, hey, get out your sword and just cut their head off as they're climbing up, right? So this was a terrible battle plan, was it not? But how many of you know, whenever you're in a situation that doesn't make sense and God says to do something, if you do it, you're gonna come out on top no matter what. You see, we don't always understand his ways. The word says his ways are higher than our ways. And that even means weird situations like this, where it doesn't make a lick of sense to us, but the Lord says, just wait for it. It's going to work out for your good. And so they climbed up using both hands and feet and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. So once again, the Lord can bring victory in ways that we can't even imagine. And whenever he does this, he gets the glory for it. Amen? It's what he does. Jonathan obviously had a renewed mind. Jonathan obviously spent time with the Lord. Because it, it talked about the fact that, listen, the Lord can win a battle with a few or with many. 
nothing can hinder my God is what Jonathan was telling his armor bearer. Is that the place that we're at? Nothing can, can hinder our God. No matter how big our giants look, no matter how big the army looks, the Lord can take care of it. Why? Because we're children of his and he cares for us. Amen? And so they climb up and God takes over and soldiers fall. And this armor bearer, who once again isn't even a trained soldier, just takes Jonathan's sword. He doesn't even have his own. And he just starts killing men. He is so jacked up about what's going on at this point. Verse 14, they killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. Suddenly, panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outpost and raiding parties. And just then, an earthquake struck and everyone was terrified. So you've got two men who stand up, they're courageous, and the news begins, begins to spread quickly. The Philistines panic and there's even an earthquake. By the way, that wasn't by chance. We need to understand that because you see, God was responding to Jonathan's faith. And his courage brought a response from the people, but it also brought a response from the earth itself. Come on, somebody. Like literally brought a response from the earth as well. The earth began to quake. Verse 16. Saul's lookouts in Gibeah of Benjamin saw a strange sight. So this is the army that they left, right? The vast army of Philistines began to melt away in every direction. Call the roll and find out who's missing, Saul ordered. And when they checked, they found out Jonathan and his armor bearer were gone. Then Saul shouted to Ahijah, bring the ephod here. For at that time, Ahijah was wearing the ephod in front of the Israelites. But while Saul was talking to the priest, the confusion in the Philistine army grew louder and louder. And Saul said to the priest, never mind, let's get going. We got to get on the road. Verse 20, then Saul and all his men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. There was terrible confusion everywhere. But we see Jonathan's courage. Once again, it brought a response out of the armor bearer. It brought a response out of the earth. It brought a response out of all the surroundings as well. Let me ask you this question today. How many of us know folks who have maybe walked with the Lord, but over time they've just got further and further away from the Lord? Anybody have folks like that that you know? I want you to look at this next verse, verse 21. It says, even the Hebrews who had previously gone over to the Philistine army, revolted, and they joined in with Saul, Jonathan, and the rest of the Israelites. This is a key verse right here that we need to get. Understand you had Hebrews, you had Jews, who at some point had walked away from the faith. At some point, being Jews, they had left the faith, they had walked away from the Lord, and they had gone over and they began to live with the Philistines, with the pagans. They began to dress like them. They began to act like them. They began to live wicked lives the way that the Philistines lived wicked lives. But verse 21 says, but they joined in with Saul, Jonathan, and the rest of the Israelites. Do you see that? They joined in with them. Some of you know people, and maybe they've got a story like that. They, they knew the Lord. Maybe you grew up in church with them. 
but just over time, they just like did a 180 and, and they're not the same person that they used to be. They just walked away. And so within the army of the Philistines, there were these people, but whenever they heard about what was going on, whenever they heard about what Jonathan and his armor bearer did, something changed, something on the inside of them. It was like a switch that was flipped. You see, they knew who Jonathan was because Saul was the first king of Israel. So they knew that Jonathan was, was the son of Saul. And what happened was is the courage of Jonathan and his armor bearer actually caused them to rise up and their true identity came out. Listen to me, because they weren't born as Philistines. They were born as the chosen people of God. And because of the courage from Jonathan and his armor bearer, they began to identify themselves with where they truly came from. They took on the identity that God gave them initially. And what they did was is they began to abandon that Philistine identity and began to fight with Israel against the very people that they were living with just literally moments before. Are we getting that? So all of a sudden, they're in this Philistine world. They hear what's going on, but they have changed. And it's just like we see our identity. We remember where we came from. We remember the goodness of God. And then we realize what we had walked into and what we were living in was wrong. And all of a sudden, we are now anti that because there is clarity in our life. And we understand whose we are. And there's clarity. Why? Because of the courage of one man. Because of the courage of one man. And the second thing I want you to get today is whenever we have courage, it can call a sense of purpose and destiny of the hearts of others. It can call out that sense of purpose and destiny out of the hearts of others. They realized that they were God's people. They realized that, that they belonged to the Lord. They realized that truly they were Israelites, that they weren't meant to live with the Philistines. And as we stand up for what's right, y'all, as believers, as we walk in courage, whenever we look at situations that seem impossible, but we walk in faith, I want you to know it can flip a switch in the life of somebody else. Somebody else who maybe hasn't been walking with the Lord, but then they start to realize the goodness of God. They start to see, oh yeah, I remember whenever I was younger and I saw the miracles that God did in my life. Listen, whenever you walk in courage, it can ignite something in someone else. Amen? It can ignite something in them, and radical changes can take place in their life. Maybe you know somebody who came to the Lord and it almost seemed like a fluke. Like you thought to yourself, they could never get saved. I remember my dad said this about a friend of his he grew up with who's now a pastor. My dad said, if God can save that man, he can save anybody. Some of y'all, y'all have had people that it's like, really? They got saved. Maybe it seemed like a fluke. Maybe you knew somebody that went to church and got saved because they were tired of somebody harassing them. You really need to go to church with me. And they went one time just to shut them up and then they got saved. We have stories like that in this church, as a matter of fact. But it took courage to open your mouth to speak into the life of somebody. Without courage, we're not going to open our mouth. We've got to be bold. We've got to have courage to be able to tell someone what God wants to do in their life. God wants to work in all of our lives. Amen? 
But it, but it takes courage for us to say something, for, for us to tell someone what the Lord's done in our life. Listen, this is where I was right here, and I, w- I was way down here. But because of the Lord, here's where I am now. And because of His goodness, He's turned everything around for me. You, you tell them what He's done in your family's life. About how He's restored your family. You know, whenever, whenever we got right with the Lord, whenever we were abiding in Him, as I mentioned earlier, whenever we got tunnel vision on kingdom, all of a sudden the Lord started putting the pieces back together in our family. I want you to know there are so many families that are so messed up and all of us have multiple people in our lives that have families that are messed up. People are dying for their families to come back and to come together. They, that is just such a big desire of theirs. And we need to tell them what God's doing in our lives, amen? Maybe your life isn't perfect whenever it comes to your family, but you've seen God put things back together or how he's healed you, how he's supernaturally provided for you. Every one of us has a story of what he's done, and it was nothing but God. It was nobody else, but it was God. Come on, somebody's got one of those stories, right? All of us have one of those stories. But it takes courage to speak into their lives. Come on, it takes courage to speak into their lives. And many believers have done, as some of these Jews have done, they've walked away. And what they've done is they've put on the world's garb. They had an encounter with the Lord at one time. They, they walked with the Lord at one time. But just over time, they, they don't look anything like Jesus. They, they look more like the world. But whenever the report of what God's done, whenever it comes back to these people that we know about, once again, it can ignite something on the inside of them. It can get it to where they have this revelation of the love of God in their life. It just brings out this sense of purpose as well. All of us know people that are living life apart from God, but there's no purpose in their life. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They may feel like they're kind of living their best life right now. Things may appear good, but on the inside, there's an emptiness that, that they so desperately want filled. And we know that only the Lord can fill it, right? the Lord's the only one that can have us walking in peace. Amen. But whenever we have courage to speak to these people, y'all, it can ignite something on the inside of them and they can realize, man, I was created for more. I was created for more. The Lord loves me. So in verse 22, it says this, whenever the Israelites who had hidden in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were on the run, they joined the battle in hot pursuit. Notice it says they were hidden. Verse 23, so on that day, the Lord saved Israel and the battle moved on beyond beth Now again, many of us know people who have maybe even shut down spiritually. Just not much going on with them and the Lord right now. They're believers, but they've withdrawn contact from other believers there's no accountability in their life. There's not a connection you know, to any kind of church or anything. They're not really doing anything for the kingdom. And the passion's just gone. They're in that place of hiding, like these people it speaks of. I don't know about you. Sometimes I wonder what, what took place whenever I see people like that. You know, what, what took place to get them to move from here to there? Uh, a lot of times it can be an offense. Sometimes it can be shame. 
Um, sometimes it can be a loss or, or some kind of disappointment and, and it can cause them to just walk away from the Lord. But these folks here, it says they were in hiding. But once again, they heard about Jonathan. And something changed on the inside. You had some who had walked away and were living like the enemy. And because of Jonathan's courage, they flipped a switch. And all of a sudden they had clarity again. And then you had the people who were just in hiding. And because of Jonathan's courage, they came out of that hiding. And that day they ended up joining the battle as well. The third thing I want you to get today is this, is that our courage will cause others to come back to the household of faith. Back to the body of Christ, the body of believers. Maybe these folks felt like they were insignificant. Maybe they felt like there was no place for them. I want everyone here to know that all of us were born for a very significant role. Every one of us were born for a significant role. And thinking that you don't have a significant role in the kingdom of God, y'all, it's a lie of the enemy. You were created. God marked you with something that you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to be in a place of hiding. You're supposed to be teaming up with other believers and doing what God's called you to do. If you will today, come on, just stand with me. As we're in 2024, I want us to be thinking about the fact that we need to be full of courage. That's the way God created us to be. It's not about killing people the way Jonathan was killing them, but it's about literally being walking billboards for the Lord and just letting everybody know what he's done for us. Letting everybody know what he can do for them. Whenever we do that, it'll actually cause people to want to know more. Maybe they've never had a relationship with the Lord, but they, they want to know more. I love talking to people and just talking about the miraculous, people that don't know the Lord, because you'll get their ear just like that. I'm talking instantly. Just heard the other day, a buddy of mine, um, one of his elders in his church, eat up with cancer one day. And they said, baloney. They prayed for him, went back the next week. They said, where'd it go? That's what the doctor said. I want to go ahead and tell you, whenever you share that report with somebody, they'll listen. They'll listen, but it takes what? It takes courage. It takes courage to do it. It'll cause others to, to come back to where they belong, to see that they're truly sons and daughters of the Lord. Whenever we walk in courage, whenever we walk in boldness and not in fear, Philippians 1.28 says this. I don't have it on the screen, but it's so good. It says, whenever we resist fear, it will be a sign to the enemy that he's doomed. <laughs> a sign to the enemy that he is doomed. Whenever you are walking in courage and boldness, it just tells Satan, you're done with, man. It's over for you. So come on, if you will, just, just bow your heads today. Just close your eyes. Father, we thank you, Lord, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, Lord, truly does live inside of us. God, that we have 
courage and boldness, Father, that you have put in us. But God, we just declare that this year, Lord, from this day on forward, Lord, we'll walk in another level of boldness, Lord, in another level of courage. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for the lives that'll be changed. For the people that you thought about earlier, whenever I was asking you, maybe those people that walked away from the Lord, maybe those people in hiding, I want you right now to just, come on, just put their names on your lip. I want you to just, just quietly just say their names. Because I'm going to believe right now, we're going to declare as a church that the next time you just share with them what the Lord's doing in your life, that it's going to flip that switch in them. So, Father, right now, for every name, Lord, that's just been mentioned, Lord, for everyone who has just thought of, Lord, those that have just walked away from you, God, Lord, we just pray that there's a revelation, Lord, of your goodness in their life. Father, that sense of purpose is just going to rise up in them, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. God, they realize that they're a son, Lord, that they're a daughter, that you so, so love them that you so care for them, Lord. And even if they've walked away, God, Lord, even if they've put on, Lord, the world's clothes, Father, and, and started living more like that, God, Lord, we know that, that Father, you're, you're not resisting them, God, that you want them to just pursue you, Lord, and you're pursuing them. And God, that they understand that in Jesus' name. God, we just declare that today. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.